joining us. Tim Laiwicki, the first interview he's done, I think, in depth. He's done a lot of good things like the ice bucket challenge with the Red Patch guys. Tim, how are you this morning? Thanks for doing this. Wait a minute. I, I thought we were doing this with Jeff. <laughs> hey, he's he's coming on later. You can do it with him if you got to go. Hello, Joey. Hey, man. How What's are you, up, my friend? Yeah, I'm well. I'm well. Look, the, it's funny. I asked on Twitter for fans to send in questions, and and it's just blown up. It's just it's crazy the passion that that you inspire. And look, there are, as you know, some people that are upset that you're leaving because you haven't been here long, and I think they're upset because you've actually done a lot in 14 months. As I said the other day, and again, not blowing smoke. In 14 months, you've done more than most people would do in 14 years. That's just your personality. That's how you operate. But before we get to what you've done and what you haven't done and where you may or may not be going, you know, there's a report this morning of the NHL expanding. And and you're a guy that has, has worked in this business for a heck of a long time. Quebec City, you know, I was with Ben Robert yesterday, actually, and, and talking about their building. It's going to be beautiful. That, that's a no-brainer. Seattle seems like they... They, they, they could have a team that would probably be successful. Vegas is the one that strikes me as odd. And you were involved, I believe, when you were at AEG with the MGM AEG building deal, if I'm not mistaken. What do you think about Vegas? You know, I, let, let me do this a different way if I can. Sure. So, uh, the commissioner and I had other business this morning, so we, we talked for a while, and this came up. And I asked him, did I miss a meeting? And he laughed and said, nope. Uh, I'm not sure. I know this came out of Vancouver. Uh, I'm not sure what instigated it, but what I can tell you 100% as of this morning for sure, this isn't on the agenda right now. And so I I don't want to get involved in uh, making any comments on any markets or speculating at all on a rumor that ultimately is just not true. Okay. You know what? That's good to know because, as you know, these things take on a life of their own, and you have these reports, and now people start speculating. So knowing that yep. it's not on the agenda pretty much tells me everything I need to know. Let's let, let's turn our attention to some of the fans and, and questions that we've, we've gotten on Twitter. Look, you're, you're a guy that came in here. You did a lot. And the first I'll, – I'll, I'll ask you the humorous question because the first question I got was, are you really leaving because of the weather? <laughs> no, if I was leaving because of the weather, I would have left in November. Um, I I grew up in uh, St. Louis, Missouri, which also has tough winters because of the humidity and the snow. Uh, I spent four years as the first employee in building the Minnesota Timberwolves in the Target Center. And Minneapolis, I think, has a more frigid winter uh, than Toronto. This is a beautiful city. Um, for those that follow these sort of things, uh, my wife is, uh, writes a column occasionally in the Star about our, our trips and our walks uh, she just uh, wrote one about Center Island. We we spent a whole Saturday walking the island and meeting people and checking it out. It's it's a magnificent city. It it is one that is easy to fall in love with, like I have quickly. I tend to walk everywhere, so even when I go to BMO Field in a TFC game, I'll walk from my place in Yorkville down to the stadium so I can enjoy the weather. So it's exactly the opposite. This is a very beautiful city to live in. The people are fantastic. The winners require uh, Canada Goose, uh, but that's why they created that company. And so I'm used to the winners here. And, and like I told a reporter last week, <clears throat> when I went away uh, for a week uh, on my uh, vacation last year, I went to Vail, and it's snowy and cold in Vail. So um, th this has nothing to do with the weather. It has nothing to do with the city. 
I assure you this has been a absolutely uh, overwhelming and enjoyable experience, and, and I'm not going anywhere. For those that want to uh, ultimately, th- this isn't Breaking Bad, so I don't have to give any speeches about how great the show was. Uh, last time I checked, we still have uh, at least a year in us. So, Tim, talking to that end, yeah, and I said this off the top, that, look, you're anything but a, a, a lame duck head of MLSE right now. Like, the next, very next day, and I know it has been in the works in a while, you and Masai are announcing the Raptors practice facility. You know, you're, you're, you're we had Mark Grimes on the show from Ward 6 yesterday talking about that and also talking about what you're doing to BMO Field. Like, so it's obviously important for you to keep making a difference in this city. And I think that's the issue is that I think people are, are now used to having a guy that actually gets things done and cares about the fans. Like, tell me about the fans in this city and, and what they mean to you and the, and the affinity that you seem to have for them. Well, that, that's who I'm a little um, embarrassed about and I am a little uh, guilty for. I don't want to create a distraction and I don't want to take away from the efforts uh, that we're currently putting into trying to get all three teams in the playoffs. That That's kind of my dream here is it, it was great that the Raptors had the best season ever. Great that we won the Atlantic. Uh, great that TFC is clearly going to have the best season they've ever had. I am damned and determined to do anything I can to help Tim B get them into the playoffs. And so we will do whatever it takes to try to get that team in the playoffs for the first time in eight years. But I, I think we got to, we got to get the Leafs in the right direction. I am 100% certain that Brendan Shanahan was the right guy to lead the ship. He has made the right decisions this summer. He has been patient, but he is not afraid of the tough decisions. He is not afraid to admit our mistakes. He comes without the burden of um, having 100 years of history. So he, he sees things differently and isn't tainted by the media, the pressure, the marketplace, not winning in 47 years or the Stanley Cups in the 1960s and the pressure that puts upon us for living up to those expectations. Shani came in and analyzed everything and he's quiet. So uh, to his credit, he does things in a a more low-key way. But he has made tough decisions. He has made a lot of those decisions. We are a much better organization today than we were five months ago before Shani joined us. More of a commitment to analytical, more of a commitment to young minds and young leaders in our front office, more of a commitment to assistant coaches that have a great communication style and relationship with the players, more of a commitment to adding depth and trying to create a third and fourth line with a lot of guys fighting for jobs. We're going to have a fascinating training camp, in my opinion. I think our preseason games are going to be very meaningful now. We have a lot of guys fighting for jobs, and that was something we didn't have last year. And so Shani's going to get them to the right place. But I'd like to be here and be able to look our fans in the eye and tell them we got all three teams in the playoffs. We are headed in the right direction. We have great leadership the front office is stable. Our owners, to give them credit, have invested $200 million in this organization over the course of the last 16 months. And so I feel bad that I created a distraction. I feel bad people would take this as a statement on the city, uh, on this fan base. It's not. This was always something I wanted to do. And these owners were good salesmen and convinced me to come up here for some period of time and, and have fun with this. And they, I think they wanted someone that knew he wasn't going to be here forever. And so I was very capable and very driven at making change. And I I wasn't afraid of the burdens of the 100 years. 
I sometimes handled that well, and I sometimes didn't handle that so well. But it was good you had somebody that didn't feel the pressure of uh, 100 years of history and not making a mistake. I, I, I plowed straight ahead, and I will continue to plow straight ahead. So for as long as I'm here, if I'm here through June, the thing we're going to do is we're going to continue to do the right things in order to give these teams and these franchises the best possible chance of success and i'm not going to be afraid of uh rattling a few cages and i'm not going to be afraid of going to our owners and asking them to put more resources into these investments and so um i have a good relationship with the fans because i've tried to be straightforward with them i communicate i make myself accessible i hear about it uh let me tell you when the leafs lose those subway rides home are always an experience joey well i saw you the other night at the tfc game and you wear your heart on your sleeve you're you're the biggest fan i think that is you know the great i think that's the greatest attribute and 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 sometimes a difficult flaw to deal with because you wear your heart on your sleeve but you're definitely accountable to fans man i i see how many people you talk to it's amazing you don't blow anybody off it's 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 really good to see because a lot of ivory tower owners don't operate that way we have a question on twitter from uh someone named mando who says will you have a hand in the nba all-star weekend festivities when it's in toronto we know you were instrumental in in getting the festivities here but will you have a hand in the festivities of course you'll still have to be here to do that right yeah well so first off um the staff here and the executive team here uh, we're working on the All-Star game before I got here. I, I helped get it, yes, but at the end of the day, a lot of heavy lifting and a lot of the credit goes to the team here. Uh, it's the same staff that is implementing it now. In fact, we're just bringing on two or three staff members specifically for the All-Star game. Um, we want to do things differently here, uh, and the All-Star activity and the week uh, now of uh, activities in town, I think, are going to be unique. So we're, we're going to continue to plan. We're going to continue to make decisions right now as to what that's going to look like when we get to February 2016. I think uh, one of the reasons we were in a rush to try to get the partnership done with the city on the Raptors Training Center at Exhibition Place is to be – uh, ready for the all-star game so all of the training for all of the teams and a lot of the community activity and the outreach will occur at the raptors training center it will be up and operating by then we want every player that's here from all around the league during all-star weekend to see our training center to see how beautiful it is right there on lake ontario to see how close it is to the central business district and to the air canada center i want them to understand how functional this team is i think we got as good a GM and president as any NBA team. I think we got a good young nucleus. We're one of the youngest teams in the league. I think we have a very bright future. And if they could come here during that all-star weekend and see the vibrancy of the city and how beautiful it is, see that training center and how state-of-the-art it is and, and how it sits right there on the lake and how easy it is for them to get from where they live to that particular facility, I think all of that bodes well. So I will do whatever I am asked to do. Uh, I'm going to stay very focused for, for as long as I'm the CEO we are going to continue to aggressively take advantage of the planning for that week. And then if I can play a role uh, when it happens, uh, I will. And if not, I'll be like everyone else here. I'll be here as a fan. 
because I'm very proud of the job Masai's done, and I'm very proud that Toronto, for the first time ever, will host that All-Star game, and we'll have the eyes of the entire basketball world on the city. We deserve to show everyone how great a place this is to play in and how great our fans are for being a part of this organization. Our guest is Tim Laiwicki on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm Joey Vendetta. Another question on Twitter from Dwayne Rollins. He says, at uh, MLS Commissioner Don Garber has said it's MLS goal to be one of the top leagues in the world by 2022. You're you're an MLS expert. When you, you worked for AEG, you owned a bunch of different teams. You ran the Galaxy very successfully. W- what do you think of, of that prognostication from Don Garber with regards to the MLS? Well I, well, I agree with the commissioner. That's a good goal to have. But I also think we have to sit back and understand that that means over the course of the next seven years, we have a lot of hard work to do. Um, I, I clearly think that adding a second team in New York and the fact that the Man City folks own it is going to be great for the league. They're going to change the way we think. Uh, they've already signed uh, two unbelievable players, and especially I'm a huge fan of Frank Lampard's, and I, I, I think he is one of the most incredible guys I've ever met as a leader, and I think he'll be good for our league and great for that organization. I think Orlando with Kaká is going to be phenomenal, and we'll hit the ground running and be a huge success for Florida. Uh, but we have a lot of work to do if that is our intent. I think we have the ability to be in that position by 2022. But I think we had to some tough decisions we're going to have to make as a league. And I think we have a lot of work to do uh, within each of our franchises to get there. Uh, it's certainly the reason we're putting $100 million in the team and another $120 million into BMO Field. If that's where we aspire to be, and we do agree with the commissioner, then our fan experience at BMO Field has to be 10 times better. And so uh, the city was phenomenal in the partnership we worked out. A lot of the credit, by the way, goes to Mark Grimes. He's the chairman of the Exhibition Place Board. He really led the way a year ago I met with Mark and told him we got to fix this. And then Joe Penichetti, the city manager, stepped in, and we immediately reached an agreement that 90% of the burden had to fall on the private sector. It's not fair, nor do we need to go ask for taxpayers' money. Uh, spend it on the gardener. We, get, we, we agree with that, and hopefully they spend it quickly on the gardener. We went and figured out a way to get the majority of that money privately invested through our board. Our owners were very committed to the vision of creating a world-class stadium for TFC. And so uh, we break ground on that in two weeks. I think that will go a long way as people walk into BMO Field next May for our first game. What they're going to see is a stadium that is going to be able to compete with the rest of the league and going to be able to compete with the rest of the world in soccer. Those are the kind of steps each franchise needs to make. Those are the kind of dreams uh, the league needs to create and that's the kind of commitment that our board here has made. They, they've put $200 million into TFC, and so I give them a lot of credit for understanding what we can be in 2022 and the work necessary to get there. Okay, so we've got a couple more questions on Twitter. Look, I've got to ask you a couple of tougher questions. How hard is the board to, to manage? Rodgers and Bell are, are mortal enemies everywhere, and yet they – own MLSE together. It's it has to be an uncomfortable marriage on on many levels, and you're smack dab in the middle of it. Um, I, you know the board. Look, we just got done talking about the 200 million investment they're making on TFC. Uh, they just agreed to spend 30 million dollars on a Raptors training center. 
Uh, we are now talking to them about a, a major upgrade to Air Canada Center in time for the NBA All-Star Game. Uh, I, I don't think there's any secret that we're trying to bid on the World Cup of Hockey for 2016 for Toronto. We'd, we'd like to have the, a, an All-Star Game here for the NHL during our 100th anniversary. Uh, and all of this takes money. And, and all of this requires us to ultimately make sure that the ACC is a better fan experience for everybody. And I, you know, the, our owners have made that commitment up to now. They have put the money into TFC. They put the money into BMO. They put the money into the Raptors. And they have spent uh, whatever I've asked them to spend on the Leafs. We're, we're adding a lot of headcount here. We're adding a lot of salary here. And we're spending a lot of money hiring all the people we're now hiring to try to create a good, dynamic, uh, forward-thinking management team under Brendan Shanahan. They've never kicked back. And so I have not had an issue with the vision or the agenda that we've created here. Um, Does the board occasionally see the world differently? Sure. Uh, There's not. By the way, there's not an ownership group that doesn't go through that at some point or another. Have they ultimately let what they do on a daily basis interfere with their vision or commitment towards this team? No. It's never happened to me, and I still have a very good relationship with George Cope and the Bell folks and with Edward Rogers and Guy Lawrence and the people at Rogers. So there, there's these, are, these guys want us to win from the first time I talked to them until – Two days ago, when I talked to both last, the one thing that has been constant and the one thing that they all agree on, uh, they want to win here. They, they want it, it's in their best interest for these teams to win, to create great ratings on their distribution platform, which is Rogers and Bell. There's no disagreement, no friction, or, or there are no um, misillusions within the board as to what it's going to take to do that. Okay, a couple more questions before we let you go. You know, look, you sign Nona's to an extension pretty early on when you get here. And, and again, fans are, are curious as to why you did that and gave him a five-year extension. And then you bring Shanny in after, and, you, and then he brings in, you know, Kyle Dubas we had on the show yesterday talking about analytics. And so there seems to be a shift from the old guard into the new guard. When you signed Dave, did you see that shift coming? And, and why did you sign him to that five-year deal so early on, in some people's opinions? Well, that's that's a good question. So Dave and I have known each other before I got here, but we got to know each other well when I got here. And uh, I've always admired and respected Dave as a GM. There are certain things that Dave loves to do and other things Dave doesn't love to do. So Dave's not going to be the the most aggressive spokesman on behalf of uh, – the Maple Leafs. He he doesn't want to be the Barker. He doesn't want to ultimately go out and and also have a vision for the business side. Uh, he doesn't ultimately want to accept the day to day responsibility and create the vision for the hundredth anniversary and how we're going to celebrate that. Uh, when when Dave and I talked about the extension, what I wanted is some consistency here once and for all. We have knee-jerked a lot here. If you think about it, we have been through a lot of different leaders, a lot of different coaches, and a lot of different GMs since Pat Quinn. Pat Quinn was the last guy where we had extended success, and we have made a lot of uh, decisions that should be debated since then. I think what we need here is a guy that's making the day-to-day hockey decisions, the day-to-day drafting decisions, the day-to-day development decisions. We need consistency. And I think Dave Nonis is a good GM, but he knew 
in my conversations. And in fact, I was very clear when I did the extension, I was going to add this position. So Dave knew it back then. We both agreed on it. And I told him, far better for you to report to a hockey guy than for you to report to me thinking I'm going to be that hockey guy. And so I told him that this has more to do about finding a better person to report to than you and the job you're doing. This is not a statement on your qualifications or success to date. And the fact is, with Brendan Shanahan, when, whenever him and I started talking, and, and I won't acknowledge when that was so I don't get into trouble with anyone, but Shanny and I always talked about the fact I didn't want him to get sucked into being a GM. I didn't want him to spend every waking hour going and looking at kids in Europe or the junior leagues here. I didn't want him ultimately doing what is necessary to make sure that we as an organization are perfect on the choices we're making for the players that we are now putting into our pipeline and the way we develop those players. But we did need someone philosophically to create a culture, to make the tough decisions on how we ultimately incorporate that culture into everything we do, to go find the right talent, not only the people on the executive side and the people on the team side and the scouting side, but the people on the ice. And that's Shanny. He, we have to build this team around Shanny's personality. We have to build this team around Shanny's experience and knowledge. And we have to build this team around Shanny's culture. And that means Shanny's going to need a GM. And, and he likes Dave. The two of them get along well. For the most part, they see the world the same way. Not always, but no one that, that makes up a great team ever sees the world 100% the same way, but they always get to the right place. They're always in agreement on every decision we've made here. And they, despite the media occasionally saying that Dave Nonis isn't a fan of the analytics, Dave Nonis had as much a voice and as much input on Kyle and the rest of the guys that we brought in here as Shanny did. Shanny pushed it. Shanny's changing the culture. He wants us to be committed to analytics because we will make – analytics don't make your decision for you. They just make you make better decisions. Mm-hmm. We will make better decisions because of Kyle and the team he's put forth where we will have an enormous amount of research, an enormous amount of facts, and a whole different way of looking at our decisions than we used to in the past. It doesn't mean that you still don't want a gut instinct on the character of a kid. Analytics aren't going to tell you whether or not – this kid is going to have the kind of character and commitment you need in order to be a great player. But I will tell you that if you could balance out the gut instinct on character and understanding a kid and his history and whether or not he has that burning desire in his stomach to be the right kind of kid to do whatever is necessary to win, and you combine that with the analytical research and information, you will make better decisions. And Shani has a great gut. Dave Nonis has a great eye. Now we also have huge amounts of research, facts, and analytical information to make sure we balance out our decisions the right way. This is the best prepared this organization's ever been to make decisions now. And I firmly believe that when you have two guys like Dave Nonis and Brendan Shanahan that are leading the charge on making those decisions, we have now created environments, an environment here to make the best decisions possible for the Leafs going forward. 
Okay, so Tim, what do you say to the people that feel like they, that they've been betrayed and you're only here for two years? Look, at the end of the day, I'm a guy who's like, if, if you want to pursue your passions in life and yours seems to be to go become an entrepreneur and, and start your own thing, you know, and, and you can clarify that as well. Uh, what do you say to the people that say, well, he only came here for 14 months. He only came here for two years. I feel betrayed. Like, what's your answer to, because look, you know, those voices speak the loudest, right? Most people are like, yeah, I get it. The guy wants to go do something else. But then you've got those people that sit around and take this personally? Um, well, a couple of things. One, the judgment on my time here, whether it's been the, the 16 months I've been here to date or however many more months I spend here trying to get us to the right place, I don't think you sit down and, and judge accomplishments based on how long I've been here. I think you make a, a judgment on how much did, did we change and what did we accomplish. Um, I, in, in all due respect, uh, if you look at the Raptors and where we're at today, uh, let's make a, a judgment on what we did with the Raptors based on real results. We won the Atlantic Division. We had the best record we've ever had. I truly believe we have the best, as good a GM and president as anyone in the NBA. We have a new training center coming. Our players made a commitment to stay here this year for the first time ever. Kyle Lowry didn't leave. He could have, and he didn't. Uh, Vargas didn't leave. We, our guys now are committed here. Or pardon me, Vasquez didn't leave and, mm -hmm. and, and take off. Our guys are committed to staying here now for the first time ever. Patrick Patterson didn't leave. He recommitted here. They all had choices elsewhere. In fact, I think they probably could have made money, more money than they're making here. Let's go back and judge the Raptors on where we're at, not how long it took. Um, that's, it was always... I was going to be an entrepreneur when I left AEG. That's where I was headed. These guys came to me, and it was such an interesting challenge because I felt like I could make a difference. And all I've tried to do here is change the culture. I know people are tired of hearing that, but in fact, that was the issue here. We were afraid to win. We were afraid to make big decisions. We were afraid to dream big, Joey. you got to dream big. And, yeah, people could give me um, heat for talking about things like we should try to win championships here and we should think about what it means to the city when we do win championships here because we can't be afraid of dreaming big. We can't be afraid of making the decisions necessary to reach those dreams. There's no way, no way we can have success here if we don't set our standards high and we don't dream big. I don't know how anyone could accomplish anything without dreams. That's what I've tried to install here. But I have a dream, which is at some point or another, I need to do my own company. So I get up every morning scared to death that I'm going to fail and that it's my money, my equity, and it's all my responsibility. And if I don't do that before I retire and call it a day, I'll regret never making that decision. That was always my intention. I took a time out from that dream to come here to help create the right atmosphere and culture for our dream here at Maple Leaf Sports, which is how do we get all the teams in a position to win and to hopefully win a championship one day? And I still have work to do. We're not there by any means. Uh, I, I know I'm not going to claim let's go create the parade. You, you won't hear that out of my mouth again. <laughs> I know we have work to do, and I'm going to spend every waking hour. I'm sitting here in the office today. We got 10 other things we're trying to do. We got the vote on the training center done. We pushed dirt with BMO Field here in two weeks. We have some tough decisions to make on TFC to get them to the playoffs. Um, we are about to 
start our first fan fest ever in the history of the Maple Leafs. For the first time ever, we have sold more tickets for preseason games to the general public at a reduced price than in the history of this organization to open up the Leafs experience to all of those that can't afford or can't get season tickets. We are very committed to taking the Raptors and making them Canada's team. So we're playing preseason games in Montreal and Vancouver. we got a lot of work to do here. Our job is not done. My job is not done. But I wanted to come here and ultimately try to change the culture and get us all to start dreaming big and put us in a position where we are not afraid to make the tough decisions in order to make those dreams come true. Okay, before we let you go, I appreciate you taking so much time. Look, Twitter's blown up. There's, they're, they're always the negative folks, right? And look, I, I'm going to ask you this the final question. You came in and you said that you, you, you know, your parade route comment. Obviously, it's been brought up to you a million times. Did you expect two part question? Did you expect Toronto to be as passionate as it is, and the fans to be as engaged as they are? And B, would is there anything you would have done differently vis a vis a comment about a parade route? So whether it be the pictures on the wall or the parade route, what I was trying to do is change the conversation here and, and open up that, that door to a conversation about why not dream big and what does it take for us to succeed. All I was doing was rattling the cage to ultimately challenge our organization and our players. Why, let's not, I'm tired of the ceremonies on the ice every night. Let's not live in the past. Let's not use the past as an excuse for success today. And it's time that we are more accountable to our season ticket holders, our fans, uh, as to results that we should ultimately not be afraid of setting, creating, and achieving. And that was my way of making everyone say it's time for – I know we have to honor our past. And I, we, we, during FanFest – we're giving rings out to all of those guys that won all of those cups in the 60s. And that was something I was proud of, of getting done here with Bobby Pulford. I do honor our past. I do understand our past. But guess what? Once and for all, we got to stop u- using our past as an excuse for our success here. we got to go create a new history here. And if you don't think about it, if you don't challenge it, if you don't change the way we've been doing things, that's impossible. That's, those comments were just made to rattle the cages, and I, I, I knew I was going to get a lot of heat for that. As to the negative and as to the tweets, I don't follow them. I never have. I don't read the blogs. I don't get to. All I know is this. I've never been treated better in a city. I've never been treated with more respect. People that I run into in the arena, people I run into on the subway, which I take every day, people that I go meet when I sit in the stands or walk the concourse, everyone's treated me with the utmost respect. They all have an opinion. They all have frustrations. But they communicate that in a very positive way. It has never been negative. I've never felt uh, overwhelmed by the negativity here. Uh, I don't read the blogs because I think they do have a tendency to be all about the negative. And for the most part, I've really enjoyed not only getting to know people, but hearing their thoughts. And to this day, I've never had one mean thing said to me by someone that that was uh, threatening to me at a game uh, on the streets or in the subway. And I'm very grateful for the way everyone's treated me, and I don't feel any negativity or pressure at all. And I stay out of the cesspool that we like to call the blogs. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, I can understand that. Tim, thanks a lot for doing this. And, and you know, one one last thing. We know that, uh, you know, when you when you were in L.A. And, and running Staples Center and AEG and building that company up, that you had that entrepreneurial spirit. You're going to get to do it on your own this time. Did you have any idea that when you came to Toronto, you were going to become a celebrity? Like, I don't think you had a clue about that part of it, right? I don't think I am a celebrity. <laughs> well, uh, listen, when you, people you see you, they point you, and say, that's you Tim. You with me in that hot, sweaty subway this morning <laughs> when it stopped for about 15 minutes, and I had to start apologizing to people because I was sweating profusely. There's no celebrity that, my brother, nor will there ever be. Tim, thanks a lot for doing this, and, and right, good, luck with, uh, good luck with the entrepreneurial hey, endeavor. Hey, Thank you. Yes, sir. Last time I checked, I've never met anyone as passionate as you are about the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you don't live in Toronto every day. We don't have to live in Toronto to be part of Leafs Nation. I will always be part of Leafs Nation, all right?